Welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast, the podcast focused on helping civil engineering professionals succeed by exposing them to interesting civil engineering projects and successful civil engineering professionals around the world. Hosts Anthony Fasano and Christian Knutson had successful but unconventional civil engineering careers and now focus on helping civil engineering professionals achieve their goals in work and life. Welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, and this is the podcast specifically for civil engineers who want to succeed. In today's episode, I want to talk about the power and responsibility that comes along with having your PE license. And this is intended both for you as an engineer who might be considering your license, a civil engineer who maybe recently obtained your license, and an experienced or, or management engineer who is managing people that don't understand how powerful the engineering license that they hold is. I think in all of those scenarios, hopefully this show will be helpful. And before I jump in a little bit here, I have to say I'm thrilled that my son, who's seven, is getting very into Legos. That sounds funny, but as a civil engineer, that makes me proud. And we spent about half an hour the other day at the library looking at Lego books, getting Lego ideas, and he's constructing all kinds of different things now. In his playroom, he's got a fleet of ships, all kinds of funky things. But it is good to see children thinking a little bit analytically and thinking about how to solve problems and create things on their own. And I find that just the loose Legos are more creative than giving him a box of Legos with instructions to build something very specific. So just something I, I thought I'd share. I have a feeling that some of you civil engineers out there are getting on the floor rolling up your sleeves and, and putting together some pretty interesting Lego projects with your kids as well. So anyway, let's talk about responsibility today. You've heard Spider-Man say, with great power comes great responsibility. Well, I recently authored two articles on this topic on the ASCE Careers and Leadership blog, and the feedback was so strong that I thought that this was a topic that I should dive a little bit deeper on here on the Civil Engineering Podcast. It's one thing to write an article and for people to read it, but for me to be able to talk about it and elaborate on it is a whole nother ballgame. So we will link to the two articles that I wrote. One was entitled, Why Is It So Important to Get Your PE? And the other one was entitled, Five Responsibilities That Come With Getting a PE License. We'll link to them in the show notes for this show, episode 42. So before we jump into this topic, I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. If you're thinking about taking the civil FE or PE exam, I recommend that you check out PPI, the leader in civil engineering exam prep. PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Use the promo code civil at ppitopass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com, and use the promo code civil for a 20% discount. All right, let's jump into today's civil engineering conversation. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. So this week's Civil Engineering Conversation is not between me and a guest, it's between me and you. And we're going to dive into this idea of the importance of the PE license and the responsibility that goes along with it so that you understand it, regardless of what experience level you're at. You need to be able to understand it to apply it. You need to be able to understand it to help other people apply it, especially if you're an executive or a higher level. You do not want people running around with a PE license, not understanding how powerful it can be and the kind of liabilities that are associated with it potentially. So first of all, let me quickly run through the five reasons that I cited in the article 
with regards to the importance of obtaining your professional engineering license as a civil engineer. First, credibility. I mean, in the AEC space, your level of expertise and your credibility is critical to your success. And in my opinion, the PE license gives you instant credibility. Now, I say instant because it only takes a few seconds to write the letters PE after your name once you've obtained it. But of course, there are many hours of hard work that go into obtaining your PE license. That being said, I do remember how much more respect people gave me once PE was after my name. People want to hire experts, incredible technical professionals, and a PE is going to give you that credibility. All right, and again, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on these first five points because I'm sure most of you understand the importance of it, but I just want to recap it because it is important to understand. The second point is your reputation. Reputation might sound similar to credibility, but I believe it's different. Your reputation consists of the beliefs or thoughts that people have about you. So obtaining a PE license, especially at a younger age, which I was lucky enough to be able to do, well, it wasn't luck, I worked hard to be able to do it, that indicates to someone that you are a very motivated professional and you're looking to move up in your career. I received my license at the age of 23, one month before my 24th birthday. And achieving this milestone at, at that age really turned a lot of heads in the company that I worked for at the time. I mean, people were saying, wow, how did he get his license so quick? How is he so young when he did that? And again, that shows people that you're motivated and you want to work. And if you're an executive and you're hiring people, this is something to look for. I remember when my company would interview civil engineers and one of the first things that they would want to know is whether he or she had their PE license or whether they were close to getting it or on the path to get it. It's kind of a, an indicator of the person's interest, motivation, engagement in their career. Number three, design capabilities. PE license gives you that legal ability to be the responsible individual on design plans and specifications, meaning that you can sign and seal these documents. This may be a huge benefit to your firm, especially if you work for a small firm or one day you want to start your own firm. Now, that being said, this can also open you up to liabilities. And that's what I'm going to talk about in the second part of this conversation once we get through the important items here. But again, flexibility. You're like a utility player, let's say, as a civil engineer. You might do a lot of different things. And that PE license allows you to do a lot more things and mainly with respect to the ability to actually sign and seal a drawing. Number four, career value. If you want to succeed as a civil engineer, as in any profession, you have to provide value to people. Your PE license allows you another avenue to do that for all the reasons I've already cited, but it's going to bolster the company's reputation, give your clients or prospective clients more confidence in hiring or utilizing you as an engineer. The bottom line is that this PE license, you become much more valuable as a civil engineer. It may not make you better technically as a civil engineer overnight, but it certainly makes you more valuable as a civil engineer overall. When you think about where you're going to go in your career, you should think about what's the value that you bring to the table for people. And that's what you should try to continue to do, continue to leverage, and continue to help you gain more opportunities in your career. And the last one that I have, number five, as far as why it's so important to get a PE, is investing the time and energy, by investing the time and energy into your, obtaining your license, you're investing in your future. You're making an investment in yourself. You're showing your employer that you want to succeed. You're showing your clients that you're an expert or that you want to gain more expertise. But most importantly, you have added a valuable credential to your resume that can boost your career over and over. 
And this doesn't just have to apply to a PE. If you're in water, wastewater, you're looking at, you know, treatment operator certifications. If you're looking for other kinds of certifications, structural, geotech, whatever the case may be, there's all different kinds of certifications these days. The point is, is that if the certification makes sense for you and it's going to do all the things I've talked about, you're making an investment in yourself. You're not wasting time. You're not taking away from being able to do other things. You're investing in your own future. And to me, there's nothing better than that. So before I transition into talking about the responsibilities that go along with obtaining the PE, I want to read four comments that I got in the ASCE LinkedIn group when I posted the article. The first one's from Terry, and Terry says, I agree with the investment portion of your article, and it's not always about the money. The PE can provide for flexibility within your company. Another aspect is related to project budgets. If my letters and drawings do not get reviewed by a higher level employee, then my schedule and budget will be leaner and more profitable. This can lead to better performance metrics at annual reviews. Terry's saying that as a young engineer, if you can get your license and you're competent enough to review projects and take them through completion, you're cutting some budget out, which I can see as being valuable. Again, it's another way to be more valuable to your company. The next one's from Captain John. Affirmation of your ability and a special level of dedication to the profession, for me, embody the main reasons from which all else flows. Okay, excellent points. Again, it's telling people about your dedication to the profession, telling people about yourself. Justin says, you make a lot of great points here, Anthony. I would also add the process of studying and passing the PE exam broadens your understanding of fields that you may not have direct professional experience in. Many engineers find it necessary to revisit subject matter that they haven't been exposed to since they were undergraduates. Professional experience often applies a new lens to the information we learn during our formal education and allows us to deepen our understanding of fields that we may directly participate in by applying principles and lessons from our own field. Although the benefits are less tangible than making more money, becoming a well-rounded and well-informed engineer almost always affect your career path positively. And I would add to that, Justin, becoming a more well-rounded and well-informed engineer probably will lead to making more money in one way or the other. Uh, and again, not that that's the, always the total end game, but I think they are tied together in some respects. And Justin makes an, a great point here because as a civil engineer, you're probably working with all different disciplines, water, geotech, structural. I mean, you probably touch them in some way on your projects, but we don't always remember all of the technical aspects of those different professions nor do you have to be terribly proficient in them. But to Justin's credit, if you do learn these things and brush up on them, it's only going to make you a more well-rounded civil engineer. And the last point is from William. Big benefit is being able to make a difference in the world. Without a PE, you are at the discretion of the PE on the job. With your PE, you can control the design and implement new products and methods to solve problems as opposed to always using the cookie-cutter design that everybody else uses. I agree with that point in that you are no longer at the discretion necessarily of the PE signing it. Again, depending on the situation in your company, doesn't mean that as soon as you get your PE, you're going to be able to sign drawings and take control of projects, but you can in the future and you will have some more ownership over your projects. There's no doubt about that. Those are the five items that I consider as reasons that it's important to get your PE, credibility, reputation, design capabilities, career value, bring that value to the table and investing in yourself. Now let's look at some of the responsibilities that you should be aware of as a civil engineer or as a civil engineering manager about possessing a PE license. 
first is liability. Most civil engineers don't realize the tremendous amount of liability they expose themselves to when they sign and seal engineering documents. Now, guidelines are different in all U.S. states, so talk to a lawyer about your exposure. But if you're signing off on a design, you own it with respect to the liability. In many states, that means that if there's a third-party detail on your drawings, you have to be comfortable with that design as you're putting your license behind it. And I'll give you an example of that in a minute. If you plan to sign and seal drawings anytime soon, make sure you have a professional liability policy that covers you. And that's something that you have to talk to your company about. If your company says, great, you got your PE license, go sign this drawing, you have to say, whoa, 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 am I covered under your liability policy? And you should still consider taking out your own. And I know a lot of professional associations have discounts for you to be able to do that. And that's something you need to think about when it comes to liability. And what I was talking about before with the third party is, I know in some states for sure, if you specify, let's say, a certain drainage system, and it's done by a third-party manufacturer, and you're adding the details to your drawing, even if the drainage manufacturer is signing off on it, you still need to be comfortable with that design. Because if someone comes in and sues the entire project, you know, they're going to have to go after everybody, including you, the third-party manufacturer, you know, maybe the architect, everybody involved. So don't think that just because you're putting something on your plans that you can just say, you know, signed by others. That doesn't always work out. So be aware of these things. I recommend talking to a lawyer when you first get your PE. Maybe through your company, you can set something up. And if you are a manager, consider having some kind of a legal lunch and learn for all of your engineers with PE license so that they understand the liabilities. The next point that you should be aware of are the fees associated with your license. In most states, you'll have to pay registration and renewal fees to maintain a current professional engineering license. And if you're licensed in multiple states, then those fees can start to add up. Yes, I did once meet someone who was licensed in all 50 states, and he basically had an administrative assistant who was just in charge of keeping his registrations up in all 50 states. Be aware of what the fees are and whether or not your employer is going to cover those fees for you. In my opinion, the benefits of the credibility boost that a license gives you makes it well worth the money to maintain that license. I mean, even if you aren't currently actively using it. But again, that's for one state or two states. When you start to get into three, five, ten different states, it starts to add up, potentially. And maybe someone has, there may be some, I don't know if there's merged. I know there's the NCES record that allows you to more easily obtain license in different states, but I believe you still have to pay the fees in every state. All right, next point is continuing education. Many states require that you take a certain number of professional development hours to keep your license current. And in some states, it's mandatory to obtain an ethics-related PDH. So basically, you just need to understand the costs associated with continuing education and, of course, what the requirements are to keep your license up. And when I say cost, I mean the time and money it will take you to maintain your PE license. Is your company going to allow you to use work time to go and obtain the PDHs? These are all things that you should find out early on, really in the quest to get your PE license. But again, this item should not prevent you from go ahead and obtaining one. In fact, I think it's a great item because it's kind of, in a way, forcing you to stay up to date on some of the technical regulations and guidelines in your area, which is important. But be aware of it. Because remember, if it's 12 PDHs a year, it's 12 hours of your time a year. And any associated time around finding courses, traveling to courses, traveling to conferences, and that can also start to add up as well. So be on the same page with your company or you might have to pay for all of that. All right, the next thing to think about with regards to the responsibility of your PE license is the ethical component. 
This is a very critical aspect of licensure in my mind. As a licensed engineer, you're ethically responsible for practicing only in the fields of engineering that you're knowledgeable in. For example, I'm licensed in New York State. I am not a licensed civil engineer, nor does it say civil engineer anywhere in my PE license registration. I am a licensed professional engineer, and I am responsible for practicing in the engineering disciplines in which I am competent and knowledgeable on. Okay, it's easy to say that just follow the rules, okay? But people don't. People don't follow the rules, and they you know, might just sign drawings outside of their knowledge and their competence, and that's, that's an ethical, that's ethical misconduct. Failure to follow this could cause engineering failures that could harm or potentially kill people. So it's very important that you understand this point. I can't cover engineering ethics in totality or even close to it in this episode, but in fact, I'm looking right now for someone that would be willing to come on the Civil Engineering Podcast and do a more detailed ethics episode because it is a very critical aspect of the profession in general. But for now, just be aware of the ethical components of what you're allowed to practice, sign, seal, what you should do ethically as a civil engineer. Number five, which is the last point I have on this, is contract awareness. Most civil engineers will have to deal with contracts at some point in their careers. Some of the contracts on civil engineering projects are extremely intricate and complex. The more you can learn about contracts as a licensed professional engineer, the better off you will be, especially if you'll be signing and sealing documents that are affected or associated with these contracts. This ties into the liability aspect that I already discussed. This is an aspect of projects, unfortunately, and I know I'm generalizing, but I've coached hundreds of engineers, hundreds of civil engineers, and from my experience, a lot of civil engineers, they think they don't need to be well-versed in contracts. Which is why if you can take the time to learn about contracts, you're going to really distinguish yourself from many other civil engineers. This has been told to me by many people, many very smart people. General Joe Schrodel, the executive director for the Society of American Military Engineers, spent some time at a conference I was at in January talking about it. And in fact, we had some of his points on episode 100 of our The Engineering Career Coach podcast talking about this. Critical, critical, critical stuff. Also, I recently interviewed John Lowe talking about contracts on a recent episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast, and he provided 10 tips that every civil engineer should know from his book on contracts. And in fact, the feedback and response from that episode was so great. And in my opinion, it's such golden information that John and I actually have teamed up since then, and we're going to be publishing the audio book of his book, which we'll we'll send out through our email list so that you can have access to that within the next month or so. Right, so be aware of contracts, learn about contracts. I know it's another thing you have to learn, but like I said, a civil engineer, in my opinion, that knows a good amount about contracts, you're going to have an edge because you're going to be able to deal with the clients, the contractors. You're going to be very smart to this aspect of civil engineering. And again, I don't want to say not many civil engineers know, but not many of the civil engineers that I know have spent a lot of time in this field. The five points that I've kind of touched on for responsibilities with the license are The liability, be aware of the liability, it is great. Understand the fees, understand the continuing education, the time, effort, energy, and money that you're going to need to keep up your license and who's paying for that. Talk to your company about that. The ethical component, you should be practicing the engineering that you're knowledgeable on, which I know sounds obvious but may not be. And then contract awareness and learning about contracts, engineering contracts. Now, On this post, there was a comment on LinkedIn where one of the engineers said, I am sure when you sit for the PE exam, 
and have four or five years of relevant experience, you know all of these five responsibilities. I got to tell you, I wish that was true. Honestly, even I'm speaking on my own experience. For me, I didn't know about contracts most of my civil engineering career. I was lucky, I guess I should say, to learn about ethics early on from some good webinars in my company. Continuing education wasn't around when I first got my license, where I was licensed. And liability, I didn't know much about. I didn't understand the magnitude of the potential liabilities associated with my license when I first obtained my license. So I, I don't necessarily think it's true that after working for four or five years and getting your PE license that you understand all these things. And I think that if you're a manager in a civil engineering company, you need to somehow get this information to your staff, whether you haven't listened to this episode, which again is episode 42 at civilengineeringpodcast.com, or you bring in a lunch and learn at lunch. Let me just restate that a PE license gives you power that can be used in amazing ways, but it can also be dangerous. You have the power to make monumental shifts in civilization, with infrastructure, with water systems, with developments, with school designs, with green design, green energy, and so many other things. However, there are civil engineers who take advantage of their license and they use it for their own personal financial gain to the point that's unethical. So please understand the power of the PE license, the power that it gives you, and please use it wisely. And remember, with great power comes great responsibility. Now, before I tell you where you can find the entire episode in a summary, I want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. Engineers are always asking me what exam prep materials or review courses they should use when preparing for the FE or PE exam. Hands down, I recommend PPI. I personally used PPI's materials to pass my exams, and I recently had a chance to demo their civil FE and PE review course. It's why I feel so confident about recommending PPI for those of you planning to take the next step in your career. PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code CIVIL at PPITopass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com. And use the promo code CIVIL for a 20% discount. I also want to mention that we did an episode on the Engineering Career Coach, episode number 120, a 10-step plan for obtaining your professional engineering license, which might be helpful for those of you listening to this episode because you're pursuing your license. The show notes for today's episode will be at civilengineeringpodcast.com. Look for episode number 42. You will find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during this episode. You can leave a question in the comments section or visit the Ask Us tab on the website. We monitor all comments and will respond. If you leave us one, whether it's about anything I've talked about here or maybe about some crazy Lego engineering projects you're working on with your kids. So until next time, I wish you the best in all of your civil engineering career endeavors. Thank you for listening to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Be sure to visit civilengineeringpodcast.com where you can listen to past episodes and also submit your project to be featured on the show. We also invite you to visit our main website at engineeringcareercoach.com and download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also help to develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success. 